0: welcome back to the Tour on the music podcast my name is kyle we have episode seven this week we've got cj here as usual how are you sir
1: I'm doing well. Did you you almost forget what episode we were on? I mean, chapter by chapter. I just
0: said it. I looked at it and I was like, wait a second.
1: (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) It's been one
0: of those weeks. So, it's only as I record, it's only Wednesday. Yeah, I
1: know. know. (laughs) So, we're both a little, uh, good. I think we're both a little overtired tonight. Uh, something gonna, so it's gonna be interesting. this is actually a good chapter to do overtired yes yes <laughs> it's
0: not a long chapter five it's, minutes and we're an out of chapter. here
1: so yeah <laughs> i'm doing well that's i'm doing good. all right besides the you know overtiredness it was a long day yesterday i was mm-hmm. I left i was at work at eight and didn't get home until like nine o'clock at night oh this is one of those days yeah gotcha doesn't yeah. happen often but sometimes yeah. it happens so can't complain that's good, that's good. yeah how about yourself
0: uh, it's been rough lately, uh, and it's getting yeah. worse, but we'll see what happens. It'll be
1: fun at work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just chaos is erupting and in weird ways and just
1: <laughs> it's absolute chaos. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's all right. Um, are you listening to anything good though? Uh, you know what? I was listening to Robert Randolph and the family band on the way to work today.
1: It's one of those days, right? hmm. Yeah. Yep. I've been doing a lot of um Hannah Wickland. Ooh. well, not that there's much out there to listen to to her stuff, but yeah, I've I wish there was her more, a lot.
0: Her stuff is yeah. good though.
1: Her stuff is good, and um, you know, Victor doing some Victor. W- listen to Victor, Victor Wooten, and then um, we've been in on we've been on an '80s kick at work. Oh yeah, like '80s rock. Cool. Cause it's like, it's been like the, the vibe has been a little weird in the office. Not in the, you know, not in a bad way. I think just everybody's kind of overtired and Mm -hmm. it's been busy and it's going to get busier. Right. And we were kind of like, we need something kind of like punchy in a sense. Right. And like 80 rock, 80s rock is like perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I brought my speakers home when you came and I'm like, should I bring them back? So I might bring them back tomorrow. Kind of missing them. So.
1: Well, can you play at work? Like, I know in the yeah. past you did, but, like, now even... Yeah, I mean, with the new yeah. guy, I mean,
0: I, I guess I could. Honestly, I'd, I need it, so, you know. I set it up so he can, you know, fill up the playlist, too, so.
1: Okay, so you can kind of yeah. get a mixture. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. it. That's good.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I'll bring him in tomorrow. We'll see.
1: But, yeah, it's definitely been window weather, like, windows down. Yep. Good music. Oh, I listened to... Uh, uh ozzy osbourne's uh patient number nine album oh tonight. nice that's another good one that like another good, one. good windows down enjoy the music yep yep you know um so i i like it because it's not like crazy heavy metal but it's just there's just enough in there mm-hmm. to kind of and it's a great album with yeah. everybody he collaborates with on it so yep yeah that was the other one cool yeah. well shall we get into the book i guess we shall all right
0: one of my favorite chapters as we were discussing before because yeah it's because so short. it's the shortest chapter right. ever what <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why i like this one so much but i do i like sam he's he's you know i don't know
1: well because there's so m- i i think i'm in it, my impression of the reason why you probably like it so much is that you know not without on the serious sense it is one of the shorter chapters in the book mm hmm but it's probably one of the mo- most poignant chapters in the book. Yep, because of what it's about. Mm-hmm. So, I th- I so I t- I I get it. Like I get that. Yeah. And it's, and another chapter where I read through it and I'm like, what am I gonna underline it? And then I listen to it. I'm like, what am I gonna underline? And then I read it again. I'm like, I know what I'm gonna underline. <laughs> like I know what stands out to me. So, um, and it seems like a lot of those chapters moving forward are like that. But like in a good way, because it's right. making me kind of re visit them in such a way where i'm like what did i miss or did i miss something or you know yep because it's hard not to take a lot out of each chapter Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so
0: i think this one for me is the most practically practical musically like i've i've used this chapter a lot in in like teaching okay
1: so in your showings in my showings yes (laughs) versus your teachings and your showings.
0: So this is uh, measure seven, rhythm. Slash uh, tempo. Slash tempo,
1: yes. That's the visual one. The slash visual. It's it's hack (laughs) tempo. What did you say? Hack. Rhythm hack tempo. And for the the nerdy type, forward slash tempo. (laughs)
0: Um, And the opening little quote is, if you pay attention correctly, it won't matter if you're in another room or another state, you'll still be able to feel the pulse.
1: So before we go any further than that, what do you think about that?
0: Have you ever tried it?
1: In the sense of what?
0: The 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 thing that Sam does at the end.
1: Yes. But many moons ago. Mm-hmm. I got really good at it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant like, I mean, uh, so he says that. No matter if you're in another room or in another state. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Does he talk about state of mind or physical state, like where he's at?
0: I think in this case he's referring to state,
1: like a physical place. Physical place. And I and you know after reading the chapter a second time, I feel like part of it is state of mind.
0: It's yeah, I think partly too. Yeah. So.
1: Whatever state of mind you're in, because sometimes you go to a gig or you go to play and you're just not in the right state of mind. Mm-hmm. But if you, you could still feel the pulse. Right. You know, pulse. I didn't say pulse. that right. Pulse. pulse. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. After you, sir. All
0: right. So, um, the chapter starts um, with Victor waking up with a headache. And um, Victor is a, is a little bit like me where... He's a big fan of orange juice and not a fan of, like, water and alcohol. So, um, in fact, right before we started, I had a big thing of orange juice before I came in here. So,
1: I used to drink orange juice all the time. Yeah, too. It's a little too. tough now for me to do it.
0: Yeah, I you know, what? I tried to keep it in the house because I will drink the entire gallon
1: in a day. But, That's
0: usually what, yes. <laughs> so, I bought some on Saturday and it's lasted this long. I am very shocked. So... Anyway, he comes is, back from that his... That is impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. <laughs> um, so anyway, Victor goes out, gets some orange juice because he didn't have any at home, and comes back, and there's this little kid um, sitting in his house. And um, so, yeah, I don't have much the very, very beginning, but um, so we've talked a little bit about Sam, and Sam is a real human being. Um. And when Sam was about this age, he played with the Wooten brothers, um, for a little while, in Nashville.
1: Now Sam, in this book, is eleven. eleven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he played with them when he was eleven years old. I,
0: about that, I guess. I, I don't. So yeah. so the video. I have a video of you're him just playing say, with just them. The yeah. And um, this video was uploaded sixteen years ago. So okay. um, I don't know. I forget how old he is now. Let me see if I can find that. Oops. Does Ooh. what does
1: Sam do now? Do you know?
0: Uh, he's got some some musical stuff out there. He's I think he's an engineer and a producer.
1: Okay, I could totally see that though. Let's see if I what can is his last name Hunter. Sam Hunter. Because mm-hmm. they don't ever say it in the book. No, they don't. That's interesting. Let's see if I can so find his.
0: So, Sam was born in 1984. Okay. So, if you figure 16 years ago, it would be 2007, 2006 ish. So, so, he, he was, was
1: about 20 something.
0: 23, if, but if you look at the video, he is not 20 something in that video.
1: Okay. So. I'm going to correct you.
0: Okay, go ahead, correct me.
1: So, Sam Hunter is not was not born what year did you say he was born 84 no you have the wrong sam hunter i looked at the same thing it's a different sam Hunter. i sure did S- look at that that's not him at all like so sam hunter was born in 1992 so yep. you said that was 2007 yep so he was at least 14 or 15 you know, 14 or 15 so that's about right There's actually a little page here that shows the audio book and who are the performers, quote unquote, in the audio book. And it lists like Michael Cott, who plays Michael, Chuck Rainey, who plays Uncle Clyde, Mm -hmm. and then Sam Hunter, who was born in 1992 in Nashville, where he currently resides. I don't know Mm -hmm. how old this page is, but it says he's a multi-instrumentalist, is a busy studio musician, a singer-songwriter, presumably. And I'd click on his website, but his website is for MySpace, and it's not
0: working anymore. And and here's the interesting thing. So if you look here, it says you can also find Sam on page fifty-eight of Bob Babbitt's new book. So he's been in two different musicians' books.
1: That's so interesting. So and um, that quote was
0: from fifteen years ago. Like, so at right, the right, age right. of fifteen, this kid is in like two books. Like, that's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. Because I was reading it, and the one the one that came up, I got a different one than you got. A different Sam. Mm-hmm. who was a playwright but it also said he was a musician so it threw me off completely because right. he was born in 1981 as well. That's right. not him. That's yeah, not and, the one and, I got.
0: And the one that I looked at he was he's from Nashville but it's looking at the picture that is not Sam. So
1: um. Right. And the one I got was Samuel Hunter who is a playwright from Moscow, Indiana and born it. So there's, I guess it's a common name in a sense. Yeah. But um, So there's
0: there's a picture of older uh, Sam.
1: Right. Yeah. Very so. it was very uh it was that was too funny. So it looks like uh Sam does have an Instagram account. Uh under Sam Hunter. Sam Hunter music, I should say. Cause this looks like that's him. But very interesting. So not to go off tangent, but yeah. so he so so yeah. But um that's his voice though. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. That yep. I mean. I should say his voice on the audiobook is mm-hmm. his voice. Yep. That's what I should be saying because I'm listening to the audio book and it's him. hmm But so now that we know Sam is a real bass player and he showed up randomly in my in Victor's house. Now that's very plausible. We don't, we, we yeah. really don't know. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows? And Victor's getting his glass of OJ because mm-hmm. he doesn't know anything else. Yep, and he he leans into I don't know where you were going so I'm gonna let you continue what you were doing
0: so um they talk a little bit about about his headache and and Sam says that the first thing you should do to, to feel better about your headache is to smile
1: oh you where are you 148 oh you jumped ahead I was I was curious if you're gonna say something can I let's yeah, go back for one page for and then we'll go back to that yeah. um I thought this was very interesting. Victor goes, for some reason, I also felt that he was here where where he was supposed to be. Like, he was supposed to be in his house. He goes, kindness? No. Like, Sam didn't have any kindness. Politeness, if there is a difference, seemed to radiate from him. And apparently that helped ease Victor's mind. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was very interesting for him to point out that he wasn't too kind, but he was polite. Mm-hmm. And that helps. So it's very interesting. I feel like that kind of leans into where you're going now. Right. Like you're bringing about smiling. So
0: so he talks about smiling as a way to um, help, help his headache. And um, so he, later on it says, smile. Really, just smile. Think of something nice or funny that will make you smile. But it has to be real. It will help slow down your tempo a bit. Tempo and temper are related, you know, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Do you think smiling makes that big of a difference? Yes. mm mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do. I'm not asking like. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, you know, I do too. Yeah. I feel like we all get into our own heads at some point mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, but if you can kind of push through and force yourself to smile, it like sometimes reorganizes what's going through your head. Mm-hmm. And in a in a sense, in that moment of smiling, it almost like reevaluates what you're processing, right and it's weird that it does that mm-hmm. so but I never thought about that in the sense of a headache, and whether that's true or not, I'm curious if it's true,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know I mean, scientifically, I'm sure there's studies that are done
1: we could probably look into, but you know, well, there's probably some form of like like what do they say? It takes four muscles to smile and five, four hundred and twenty something to frown. Yeah, something like that. And it's better for you to smile than to frown, but yet people can't seem to do it. And
0: it's what sixteen muscles to slap you in the face or something like that. Right?
1: <laughs> is that how their quote goes? Something <laughs> like that. I don't know, but it's it's like it's it's funny. It's and uh, but I do think that is interesting, and I think smiling does calm you down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yep. I mean, we've worked in multiple environments where we were required to deal with the everyday general public. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that in a negative manner. We're just the everyday general public. Yep. And we both use humor. Ours kind of teeter differently, but we play off each other's humor as well. But we do. We have different mm-hmm. humor in a sense, but our humor works together, which is kind of funny. Yep. But in the sense of like when we're talking to somebody, our humor is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But it works. Yeah. Like it easily breaks the ice, it mm-hmm. loosens the tension that may be there already. It helps the person's anxiety that we may be dealing with at that moment. Yep. And and it's it's funny how that that works. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do that with my son all the time. When my son is having a rough day and he's like sitting in front of me or he's crying, like totally tease him and make fun of him and mm-hmm. he starts laughing he's like oh okay he's it's like one of the like one of the thing. it's like it's like throwing a cat across the room and throwing them off for a loop you know? that's right where, where do i go
0: <laughs> and you know there was a guy that i worked with and you worked with him too but like when we worked together uh, we worked at the genius bar together and like like where we were it was super busy but it was a lot of people who were complaining about like things that they broke and it was like So we tried to find ways to liven it up and and have fun. And I actually kept a giant book of, of like trivia questions and I refused to help people until they answered a trivia question just because like, why not? You know? And and people looked forward to coming to do that. It was, it was, you know, a fun thing. So
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, and, um, When I worked with him, he was he was my manager, Mm -hmm. and um, but he had this. It was that same mentality. Like I knew when I was on the floor, like I can kind of do what I need to do to make things work and and make things happen. So um, it's true. It's just that this. And listen, I say this with the fact that I know it's easier said than done. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's it's an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I still deal with my anxieties. I still deal with my overthinking. But there are times when I when it hits, and I'm kind of like, wait a second. Let me step back and think about that. That's yeah. why I like the song Smile, written by Charlie Chaplin. Mm. You know? Because it's essentially what he's talking about.
0: Yep. But um, it, it makes sense that you know that the temper and tempo are related, which I think is mm-hmm. it's really I mean if you think about it, like when you when you get angry, you know, your temper goes up, but so does your heart rate. So
1: mm-hmm. so yeah, it's kind well, of cool. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I never thought about that. And when, when you're listening to, when you play something fast, your heart rate goes up. Mm-hmm. Though it's funny, you don't get angry.
0: Unless it's well, heavy metal, well, I mean, maybe you are you getting angry on but the in a good way. You're <laughs> if it's the Beatles, I'm getting angry, all? so whatever. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band, getting angry.
1: So <laughs> it's who you're listening to. That's funny. Um, I have some stuff further down on the page. I don't know if you have more after right, that. Go ahead, go. So, so he states that he feels better, right? Mm -hmm. He states that smiling immediately relieved much of the tension. Um, He said it was at a point where he could spend the rest of the day feeling like this. And it goes on and says, and which is kind of what we're talking about, it's always the first thing you should do whenever you want to feel better. It works for anything, even nervousness or stage fright, he revealed. It's also infectious. People around you will start smiling too, mm-hmm. and that's you know it's essentially what we're talking about when we're dealing in that thing. And I do love the fact that he said that Victor says I don't get stage fright, <laughs> <laughs> and he well actually he says I don't get stage fright, but I will try it for everything else, meaning smiling. Right. And Sam goes, "Oh, you will," but like doesn't acknowledge if it's stage fright. Or <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. Now, that leads into the next thing. I don't know if you underlined it. Uh, probably. Oh, my Kindle just shut off. Go ahead. Uh, it On that page 150, it says, you should bless your headache. Mm-hmm. And basically, what he's telling Victor is, bless it. Appreciate what it's telling you, what's important. And he goes on to state that it's an indicator, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's telling your body something. And he uses the gas tank needle in your car or i guess digital display showing you how much gas you have, and it tells you when it's empty so you Look should at be you fancy
0: that. with a digital gas
1: display well i'm just you know you're so fancy there are probably some people though don't know what a needle is in a car <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> no but yes so it tells you that it's gonna be empty so you can fill up before you get to the point of not having gas in your car mm-hmm. and he says at the bottom of the page he goes treat your headache like a little light when your headache shows up you should first be thankful for it know it's here as an early warning then deal with it right away in other words if your timing is right you could erase the problem before it becomes one
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know i never thought about it that way with a headache i didn't either and and when after reading like after listening to this reading it listening to it and then reading it again i'm like mm-hmm. There have been many times that I've gotten a headache, and I realized that I drank water and I was feeling better. Yep, like it was a dehydration thing, mm-hmm. or it was a tension headache, and I had to look away from the screen. Yep,
0: I I am shocked or, that I don't have a headache all the time. I drink that little water. Like I must be dehydrated all the time.
1: And how do you have, not drink water?
0: I I drink the stuff in this red can. Hashtag not sponsored. I mean,
1: <laughs> not sponsored by the red can. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. And then he states, like they talk about what it could be a warning from a sign of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like what is it warning about? What's the cause and all that stuff from there. And, and sometimes the root may be buried way down deep. But it must be dug up. It must be exposed right. so that it can be worked on and prevented in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like coming, becoming aware of your surroundings and be, becoming aware of the headache. And you will get different headaches. I, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to go literal, there yeah. are different types of headaches out there. Oh sure, yeah. You know, um, but it's that's it's a very interesting case.
0: And I think it also goes to you know the mental health aspect of it all too. Then that's mm-hmm. why he kind of says you have to get to the root of the problem. Like the root of the problem right. might not be. Well, I'm dehydrated. It might be, you right. know, there's something going on that you need to sort out mentally or, or even physically. I mean, for that matter. But, right. you know, being able to find the root of the of the problem is is the most important thing because without that, you can't solve the problem. Right. So,
1: and I and I and I and I agree because I think as I show the book to the camera, so those who are seeing it on YouTube can see it. But those who are listening, I'm showing the book to Kyle through the camera that he can see part of it because of the way the camera is. But the idea is I've that... got
0: one over here. that I can see the full thing over there on that side. So I've got par- so partial I... you, then full you over there. And full you over there, too. I've got you in three spots.
1: Oh, you got me in three I'm sorry. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <sighs> I feel like a lot of this book is anxiety. Mm. A lot of this book is oh, yeah. nervousness. Yep. A lot of this book is him, like we've said it before, going through his mental health mm-hmm. and whatever the extreme is, whatever it may be, it's his mental health that he's processing. Yeah, and it was his way of writing it down and sharing his thoughts to help others mm-hmm. process their mental health, whether it's through music or something right. else. And I'm is,
0: um, here's a here's a weird you know relationship here, but um, I'm rewatching Star Wars Rebels. I don't know if you've watched Star Wars Rebels yet.
1: I have it. I know you mentioned it to me. Before. It's good. So,
0: I mean, I'm in the first, you know, 10, cha- ten episodes, 10 chapters, good Lord, <laughs> 10 episodes. Um, and it's when Ezra Bridger, the main character, is like trying to like find himself and like he's becoming aware of his, 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 his how sensitive he is to the force. And, you know, so dealing with the fact, uh, you know, dealing with his life the way, you know, he was brought up because he's a young kid, you know, he's starting. And I think that's part of it is 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 dealing you know finding he could not control the force until he realized what was really bothering him and he kind of he tried to repress that so he could you know right. live and survive
1: right and, I, and and part of that is is generational like yeah. mental health was not looked upon in the way that it is now mm-hmm. and i'm glad that it's looked upon the way that it is now and it's it's being seen as a health issue versus not and but like i you know growing up I'm sure for Victor, because he's older than us, but for even for us, like it wasn't something that you Mm -hmm. talked about a lot. It wasn't out in the open. Mm -hmm. And if you did talk about it, it was behind closed doors and that was it. Right. And sometimes even your families just didn't know how to, they didn't either know how to talk about it or they didn't want to talk about it. Right. You know, and, and I'm sure a big, I mean, it sounds like his parents were pretty, pretty solid with a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I think they were too.
1: You know, and I think that's why he's able to do what he's doing. But he's the the runt of the litter. He's the youngest mm-hmm. of all kids, right? Yep, he is. You know, so I'm sure there's something that he's pro- he was processing. Mm-hmm. And if not, you know, he did a heck of a job in this book. Yep.
0: And, and um, another thing that, I mean, I'm, I started reading another book. So I, I finished the one that you gave me a while back ago. And I started one of Tom Brown's books yet last night, actually, called Spirit Awake.
1: I think that was think. the other one I want to get because I picked up grandfather. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, you know, in this one, it's, it, it's the beginning, the beginning part where he introduces you to his grandfather. Um, and his grandfather goes on the spirit journey and it's a lot about religion and spirituality. And he starts to analyze, um, what he calls the white man does religion wise. And he kind of, he stumbled upon a church and You know, he 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 was the church was surrounded by a bunch of woods. So he sat in the woods and watched the church and realized that the people only go to the church like, you know, once a week. And, you know, he was trying to figure out why, because in his culture, they celebrated what he calls the creator. All the time, every day, you know, there were, you know, special things that they did. And he's trying to figure out why this white man is has stopped doing that you know, or doesn't do that, you know, what, you know, why do they, why are they searching for, um, you know, sp- not, not spiritual gains, but, but physical gains, you know, that's, that's what they're focusing on. Cause you started to listen to like what the, 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 the pastor was saying and all that sort of stuff. And it was all focused on the, on the, on the, 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 physical, not the spiritual. So it's almost like, I don't know where I was going with this, but, um, you know, how much of this we brought on ourselves you know and and how we we've, we've done this to ourselves and i've i've said it before too like 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 why do we have a 40 hour work week like we did that to ourselves you know like why right. do we have it's money? That
1: whole, we did that to ourselves it's that whole societal thing where right. this society was built up and yep. you know the whole like that whole running thing back in the 50s and the 60s and 70s and i'm talking about in the 1900s mm-hmm. um, where it was like house white picket fence you know right. wife right two kids, you know, car in the garage, mm-hmm. this, that. Credit card debt. And cre- well, not even, you know, like I'm talking even before that. Well, where yeah. Credit cards yeah, weren't even yeah. a back- big thing. It's but, like, but
0: that came about too, you know. It's like we did that right. to ourselves.
1: It's like. Right. We, we proposed this is how it should be mm-hmm. and we're going to.
0: And it doesn't seem natural. Gonna, and it's like, no. like, like what? why did we do it this way? Like there has to be a, a more natural
1: Because better way at some point, there were two men fighting, right? Like, there's Mm -hmm. no other way to really put it. (laughs) Yep, at some point, there was a man or two Mm -hmm. men fighting, and they were like, This is how it should be. Well, if
0: there was only one man fighting and he was fighting himself, that's no, you you know what, mental health, right?
1: (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it was one of those things. Like this is what I believe, and this is what we're going to mm-hmm. make happen, and right. I can make it happen, and yep. and that's what happens. And then you have these followers, and you have this, and you have that, and you know, I'm sure we can go back to a certain point in time and where it occurred, and you know, um, and then like I'm not speculating. I'm not saying I know history. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying like if. If we look at patterns, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a pattern. I'm sure there's some, some there's some research and all that stuff, um, but yeah, this that and, and it's funny how this chapter brought us to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and further down on the page, just to go back, I th- I don't know if okay. I read that. Oh, hold on a second. He says, then you should thank it. Mm-hmm. Like, you should thank your headache. Yep. And when I read that, I kept thinking about the fact that you talked about in the past, before we even talked about the book, that you thank your instruments after you play them. Mm-hmm. And we interviewed your friend, Rachel, and she does the same thing. She thanks her instrument after she plays them. And I never yep. really did that. Um, not even, not even as a singer. I never really thanked my voice, mm-hmm. which... When I first said it to myself, I should thank my voice when we were supposed still- to them. I'm like, that sounds so weird. I'm yeah. thanking myself. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm thanking a part of my body f- mm-hmm. to give me that ability. And however you want to see, whether it's a gift from God, whether it's just a ne- whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I'm not calling it. I'm talking an ability that I have, a talent that I have. You have a talent. You're able to play an instrument. You're able to sing yourself. Like that talent, you wouldn't think about thanking yourself. Right. But really you you should, yeah, you know yeah. and and you know, and to thank a headache thought I thought well, that's that's kind of weird, mm mm-hmm. that is, but he does say, you know, he thanked his he- a headache, and he was proud and happy that it was acted in as an early warning system. For showing up and gently nudging him back on track. I also wel- He also welcomed it to return anytime he needed it to. It mm-hmm. actually felt really good to thank my headache. And to my surprise, after I was finished, my headache was gone. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that actually happened. I do too. Like, I know there's a lot of stuff in here that you question the truth or not. But mm-hmm. I really think that actually happened. Yep. That he was like, oh, yeah, thank you. Boom, gone. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know if I, I don't know if you have more to go on in that I
0: don't have before. much for a while actually.
1: Okay, so I'm going to jump to um a little further ahead and he talks about, you know, I don't, we're going to you know, a headache is a lot about timing. You know, he states how the headache is like it's it's happening before something worse happens. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So it's timing. It's 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 like perfect timing, you know. Before your body actually breaks down, whether it's dehydration, what mm-hmm. it's whatever it may be, you know, your your headache's telling you something. So then he decides to pull out a drum a drum machine out of his bag. This yep. is Sam, mm-hmm. and he says, "Now play something." And Victor plays something that he's played with played all the time. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like, "No, you do that all the time. So stop doing it." Mm. And he turns around. He says, "Okay then." Stop thinking about it, your rhythm is all screwed up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. And he goes, If you have to think about them all the time, it will show up in your playing. So anything that you're playing, and if you continue to play only your bass and your licks, then you'll never get to play music, music. Yep. with a capital M. Yep. And that's actually the, the next thing I had highlighted. So, oh, okay. So please talk to it because I didn't know if that's how far you were.
0: Yeah. Um, you know it's it's so easy, and and this is a you know a struggle that that I think a lot of musicians these days fall into, and and I did to a certain extent as an organist. It's like you kind of play the same hymns over and over and over again, and they kind of lose that specialness, you know. So one of the things I always try and and like even playing a hymn, you know, you know over and over again, you know, because you know there's there's there are several hymns like what's the one uh, we know that God oh, what is it no awake awake that is falling he has 19 verses like you play that thing 19 times you're gonna lose your freaking mind you know <laughs> so the challenge is like for me as an organist because and, and you know as a musician too like my brain will get bored I need to do something different every single verse whether it's change your registration or put the melody in a different voice, I got to do something different because I will right. get bored and I will forget what I'm doing and then totally screw up. And I think a lot of, you know, you know, when you see a lot of these bands that are going on tour, um, they're doing the same set every night, the same songs every night in the same order. And like listening to Bela Fleck play, like when they do, like they might play the same stuff every night, but it's always in a different order you know, it's always
1: different order and they probably jam out at different times too. So it it may be the same piece at the beginning, but in that middle part, it's going to be different than what the person heard the night before. Yep. Right. 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 That's interesting, but it's true. The repetitiveness can really cause a, it could, it could really get you into a state where you're just like, I'm I'm done. I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. anymore. And and that's where
0: Dave Matthews band loses me. You know, so like a lot of his stuff, at least the stuff that I've listened to, it's like one instrument starts and they start just playing a loop and the other guy joins in and he does a loop and the other guy joins in and he does a loop and then someone solos for a while then he plays a loop and the other guy solos for a while and they do another loop and it's like, it's the same stuff. But if you listen to like Robert Randolph and the family band, like I think the, the loop part is first off, it's, it's less prepared they're figuring mm-hmm. it out as they go along. And right. it's it's more organic, I guess is the word I was looking for. And on top of that, it's different. It's not really a loop. It's you know, there's a a, a repetitive groove, but it's not this, they're not playing the same thing over and over again. You right. know. And that's one of the things that I was noticing as I was driving to work today like I was listening to live at the wetlands, which is straight up jam band. Like that's what it is. It's there is the first song is called Ted's Jam. Like it is a jam song. Like that's all it is. And it's just these different ideas and they they play around with these different ideas and they move it along, you know, but it never sounds repetitive to me, which is why I love it.
1: Well, and I think that this this is where we're going in this chapter, is they talk to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, um, where they bring out where he starts using the drum machine to get Victor to internalize the the tempo, the rhythm Mm -hmm. of what's happening. And he, he uh, I don't know what you were going to talk to, so I don't know. I don't want to jump over anything no, you, you're saying. You go. So he, he, what they're doing is, is they, uh, you know, not to. You know, we want you to read the book, so I don't want to give a, like read the mm-hmm. right out. So basically, right. he has a drum machine out. He puts it on. He puts a beat and a tempo going, and he has Victor plays, and he slowly removes certain elements of it, mm-hmm. so it forces Victor to really pay attention to the beat and the tempo and the rhythm by internalizing it right
0: he's working on his internal time
1: internal time and you know um and telling victor that hey listen at some point you may play with a drummer that's not good Mm -hmm. if you internalize what's going on you could still sound good and make it sound even better Mm -hmm. and he gets him to the point where um he goes I don't know if I if I'm jumping ahead of you, I'm going to uh, mm-hmm. let me know, but this is like starting at the bottom page 154. Even though the drums are not playing, the pulse is still there. You got to grab onto that pulse as quickly as you can and lock it into your body. Mm-hmm. It's really important that you do that. Then you will feel where you need to be at all times. Right. And then they continue on this process of of developing internal clock, like get into the groove, which he talks a lot like the groove and yep. get into the groove. Mm-hmm. And he starts making it harder and harder and harder and harder to do this. But then at some point he tells him, okay, now that you've played this rhythm, this bass line or whatever, add to it. Mm -hmm. And that's where it changes it from being a repetitive motion. So you still have that bass line that's going to keep the song going. Yep. But he's adding those little frills mm-hmm. at the end of each measure or exactly. at the end of every four yep. measure. At the end of three measures. Yep. And I think the, the one think so. the one
0: thing that I would add to that is right before that, um, it is something that I, I, I used so many times with my kids. Um, Sam says, uh, I recommend that you hear the drummer as you play. Even before you play, hear the drummer in your head. Do that for a few bars before you begin this time. And I can I can remember so many times like especially when when kids are doing like sight reading and stuff getting prepared for NISMA, like they would just start playing. And I'm like, whoa, like, dude. First off, I would first what I would do is I'd say, okay, I turn the page. Arrow, what key are you in? And they go, uh, uh, uh. Like, then why are you starting to play? Like, there's right. th- there are questions that you need to ask yourself before you start. Right. You know, they give you time to look it over. Take that time, like this is what you need to do. So we'd right. go over like how do you analyze this this piece before you actually play it? You know, and then and then they would they would go through those, answer the questions that I would give them, and they would just start playing. I go, All right, well, what was your tempo? You'd go, I don't know. Like you need to start that tempo before you and I would always say start the tempo in your head, when you figure out what that tempo is, slow it down and then start. <laughs> because they always wanted to go too fast. Like sight right. reading is not about how fast you can play. It's about right. how musical can you make it the first time you do it,
1: right? Exactly, and that's and and that's very true. I, I was, I was bad with sight reading when it came to playing on the saxophone, and I should have been uh, a better about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally get, I totally get that. I mean, I I I got better, but I'm just saying like that was one of the things I struggled with because of that reason. Like I just rushed through it. I yep. just didn't, I didn't take the time that I should have taken with it.
0: And I love the, um, the analogy of the explosion on the downbeat yes that's one of my yes like i use that all the time too those two things are like i told you before like this is a chapter that i relate to and have relied on so much in my teaching and there's so th- there's a another thing that victor did called the groove workshop and he brought an anthony wellington who is one of his friends in his bass tech and anthony does this thing he calls the 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 ruler of time i think he calls it mm-hmm. where he does a and essentially it's what sam was doing in a in a Simpler sense, is that he wrote down four bars of four of four beats in the measure. So four bars of four four, and then he would put an X every sixteenth note. And the idea is that you should be able to go through and shift that 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 uh, X. One sixteenth note every time you go through it. So the first time you're on the downbeat of one, so it's one, two, three, four. Then it's on the E of one. So it's one E and two, three, four. Right, then it's right, on right. the end, one and two, three. And you should to go through and go every 16 beats forwards and backwards. And then when you can do that, then you do it as a as a three-note figure because it's three against four. It's not really a triplet, but it's three against right. four, but your brain doesn't want to do that. But if you can do that, like your time is so much better. And right. you can figure out any rhythm that you ever will see, ever, if you can do that. And that's what I was starting to teach my kids. And like my, awesome. my kids' rhythm went from here to like, it was amazing.
1: <laughs> but it, yeah, it's amazing. And, and it sounds like so out there, but mm-hmm. in a sense, it's really not. Yeah. It's not out there. It's just looking at that whole concept a little bit differently, mm-hmm. the way it's typically taught. Stepping away from that in a sense.
0: Yep. On one fifty four, he says, "Even though the drums are not playing, the pulse is still there." You got to right. grab on. That's oh, what you? I read. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, that's what I read. No, no, no. But if you have something to add to it, please do.
0: Um. No, I. I thought I was going into something else. So keep going. No,
1: no I. You have more on that page after nope. that. I'm good after that. Sorry. Okay. No, no, don't be. Um. I. I. I, so mean, I you just, know I don't listen to you. So listeners, no, I don't listen to them ever. So. <laughs> um, jumping to page 156 mm-hmm. um, he said he was you know talking about the frills and how he would do the frills he'd revert back he said keep your po- focus on the pulse not on what you're playing because mm-hmm. that'll allow you to continue to play without having to worry about playing right um, and then he told him to do an all out solo mm-hmm and I think, is that where he gets into the explosion? No, no. Uh, no
0: it's, that was before.
1: No, that was before, right. Yep. And he says, when you get to a place where you can solo to just one beat every four measures and not lose the pulse, playing with a drummer, even a bad drummer, will be a piece of cake. And then he goes in and shows Victor how it's done. Mm-hmm. And this whole scene is crazy. It's such a small part of this chapter, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you take the reins on it because I don't know what you were going to share.
0: So on on 155, Sam says, um, music is alive, and if you treat her that way, she will speak to you. You will feel her pulse. That is her heartbeat. If you pay attention correctly, it won't matter if you're in another room or another state. You'll still be able to feel it. Um, so basically what Sam did is this... This where he did it. Hang on. You're right. Did yeah. you say one
1: page one fifty eight? Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: So basically, what Sam did was he started um, a metronome playing one beat every four measures. So and then he totally forgot about the pulse, Didn't, and it just went on about his day and just did you know whatever. Got a drink. Went to the bathroom. You know, did this, and every single time that downbeat of one came, he knew exactly where it was every single time. And this is something that I used to do a lot. I used to just put a metronome on in my house and just walk around and just do stuff and see if I could find the pulse. And I got really good at it for a while. And, in fact, there was one, was about a, about a two-week period where I was so good, I was actually able to give my metronome to my student and go put on whatever metronome marking you want. And they could change it, and I would know exactly where it was. I could feel That's it. That's awesome. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I know I can't do it right now, but I, right, right, I was right. at a point where I could do it while they change the metronome tempo. So,
1: do you catch yourself in a room where there's no music playing, and you find mm-hmm. a sound yep. that's going out rhythmically, yep. and you try to match it mm-hmm. and keep with it? Yep. You know, I do it with. Um, I'll be driving, and the blinkers in the mm-hmm. cars. Yep. I try to see how off they are, from or the each bumps other. on the road. Yep, or the bumps on the road, mm-hmm. or even the windshield wipers to the blinkers if yep. the windshield wipers are going. Mm-hmm. Like right now in the back around of me, I have the clock on the wall, and I hear the, t- t- mm-hmm. t- and it's just enough. But I hear it, and if I if we stop talking, I'm with it. Yep, but I'm so used to you know it like so I'm, I don't hear it, but I do hear it. Right. Like that type of thing. Yeah, no, I it's funny because and I don't sometimes I don't do it on purpose. It's just like like you're you're focusing on something, whether it's your work or whatever, and there's just that random sound, mm-hmm. and you notice that it's a repetitive sound, and now you're finding out is it every four beats, is it every three beats, what is going on, like mm-hmm. what's the rhythm to it, and then you try to lock into it. Yep. Yeah. Um after that, he does state it doesn't have to take long to learn what I just did. Music is played from the mind, mm-hmm. not the body. So do whatever you can to exercise your mind. That's very important. And it's funny because we're taught to play from how we feel and from the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're telling you not to play with how you, f- how you feel, but it's all mind over. It's like mind over matter. hmm and that, like, at first it was like, but I'm supposed to play what I feel. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to play with my, but it's, it makes sense though. Yep. Like, your mind is what's processing all this stuff. Mm hmm. It was weird. It was weird to read, but at the same time, you're like, oh, it makes so much sense. But it's still, you yep. know, it's so hard to grasp the concept. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Sam leaves. And then Sam leaves. Yep but but to return and say one yep and i love his i love one of the last things he says he goes timing is everything Mm -hmm. isn't it yep but it's true timing is everything i mean think about it when you approached me about the podcast and i was gonna bring this this was my thought process on that um I was going through my whole thing where it's like, I'm not doing anything with music. Mm-hmm. It's blowing my mind. And I was like, I need to do something. And it was just at that moment that I was processing all that. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Maybe I'll do a song. Maybe we'll do. That. And then you reached out to me like, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I have an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? Do you want to do this? And it was just, it was timing. Yeah. Like, and it was timing for you, timing for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's putting trust in the, uh, in the universe around you in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. I I like yawn. Kyle's bored, he's yawning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, do you have anything else from that chapter that you would take out or? No, that's,
0: that's all I got. State about it.
1: It's a quick one. But It is, but it's all about timing. It really is. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, That all being said, when this episode comes out, we return to playing Victor Wooten on Sundays on our live Twitch. Mm -hmm. And part of that is to kind of immerse ourselves more into Victor Wooten's mind or creativity or whatever. And you see want to call how much it. it
0: relates to the to the book. Right.
1: Right. And you know, the 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 reason why we changed them up is if, you know, a musician that has passed that we feel we should honor or recognize. We've done it so like we've had to I think you better watch recognize. A, <laughs> where we celebrated the life of Harry Belafonte and his music and we celebrated the life of uh, Gordon uh, Lightfoot and his music. And, um, which is nice to do Mm -hmm. because as we said on the live shows and we probably said last podcast episode that these musicians are getting to that age, Yep. you know, a lot of these influential musicians and writers and stuff are, are older now, you know, and, and have lasted decades in their field because of how important their music is. Mm Mm-hmm oh my goodness it just hit me what reading the the second book the music lesson and what the meaning of it is and how much it's like the meaning hits even more now that these musicians are moving on mm-hmm. and transitioning oh the next half of this podcast season is going to be intense yep it really is mm-hmm. so as we continue on in this book cuz there's not that many chapters left, I believe we have 4 or 5 left in this that book. Sounds about right. I think there's 11 total. And um and then he has yeah. There's measure 11 and then it goes the last to the chapter coda. is called the coda. The coda. The last measure. There's the dream. Oh no, there's the dream and then it goes into the coda. Mhm. Right. So that's the last thing. So we have like in a sense of chapters, we have about we have about um five left. Five or six left. But the last few are not that that long. They're more of a kind of like a recap or where he's going. Yep. Um the book, as you know, is the music lesson by Victor. Wooten. And we will move on after we end with these chapters onto the music, the spirit of music by Mm -hmm. Victor Wooten. Um, Sharing our musical journey through this book as we share the chapters. Um, Just check out our show notes, Mm -hmm. hit us up on our socials, check out our live show. Kyle goes live on Twitch eight o'clock on Friday nights. Mm -hmm. We go together seven 30 on Sunday nights. Um, You know, it's just, Relaxing conversation, nothing crazy, mm-hmm. just a good time with some music. Yep. So join us there. And um, as you know, every Tuesday our episode comes out. Um, every Monday our episode goes out on YouTube, but they're like four or five weeks out from the launch of the episodes. And then every Friday Kyle launches some fun shorts on YouTube as well. Yep. And all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you listening each week. Yep. Thank you. Yeah,
0: we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, Head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music.